0: Welcome to the part-time outdoors podcast,
1: hosted by Matt Noss and Nate Wright. Hello. Justin, what's up, buddy?
0: What's going on, man?
1: Oh, nothing. You wouldn't believe it. Um... I am sitting in the Walmart parking lot, <laughs> so I got everything hooked up to a power bank because Who i don't does? I don't have uh I don't have reliable cell phone service where I live now. So I'm I'm hooked up to a power bank. Everything seems to be <laughs> working. So we'll, this will either be a uh, game changer or we'll have to redo this episode. But uh, everything seems to be good right now
0: okay all right well yeah he adapts man Adept.
1: i was getting ready to call you and then a big tractor trailer i was sitting i'm all the way in the back side of the parking lot and then a big tractor trailer rolled up and he parked and then i assume he's going to sleep but he left his engine on, so um that's why i had to move a couple spots down so you couldn't hear that but <laughs> we should we should be good for some turkey talk
0: all right all right let's let's get
1: it all right I uh, appreciate you, uh, coming on. I know you're in between night shifts right now, but, uh, just woke up. So should be good and good and rested for us.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for but, sure.
1: Um, so Justin is one of, uh, a guy I grew up with, but probably, I don't know a ton about turkeys. I'm, I'm still newer to Turkey hunting. I don't know how I got so old, um, uh, and <laughs> never really hunted them till what past couple of years, but, um, I've probably out of all of the turkey knowledge i have which isn't a ton most of it i would attribute to you teaching me taking me out and and, and showing me the ropes so if you want to just go ahead and tell people a little about yourself and your and your background on uh, turkey hunting specifically
0: um yeah i kind of got into turkey hunting late uh uh you know dad didn't do it a whole lot when we were younger uh say 13 14 years old um and it took a friend actually uh taking him out, getting him hooked on it. And then he took me out, got me hooked on it. And now I'm trying to get Matt hooked on it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) you know, it's, uh, you know, went to the military, kind of lost, lost a few years there and, uh, everything like that. But, you know, it's, it's definitely a passion of mine. Uh, well, then again, being outside and hunting is, is always a passion. um, you know, it's the ultimate game of chess. It's something I love to do. It's something I love teaching my son to do. Um, you know, taking new people out, teaching them. It's uh, it's great. Springtime's a different hunt. It's uh, you see see new things, see new life coming in, and everything like that. It's it's just a great, great time, and something I absolutely love to do.
1: I think that's kind of what got me really into it is it being springtime and after i got into wing shooting in general um i kind of lost you kind of lose the high once you get to end of february and you're like all right well i'm not ready to stop yet what's next and really the only thing available other than fishing is, is turkey hunting spring gobbler so
0: for sure for sure so it's uh and like it, it's a great chase it really is um don't get me wrong I, you you know me i love of shooting pheasants and doing the upland thing and everything like that. But, man, chasing a gobbler is, is a whole whole different game.
1: Yeah, when, when the fog's, the sun's coming up, the fog's there, and then you get that gobbler gobbling real close, it it, it definitely makes your uh, hair, hair stand up, your blood pressure raise a little bit. But uh, speaking of your son, so you, you live in Pennsylvania now, but you'll still be hunting West Virginia a lot. Uh, oh, Bert, absolutely! You're pretty close to uh, youth season. you going to take him out for youth season?
0: Oh, absolutely, absolutely, man. Um, you know, West Virginia there offers great opportunities. Bird population is is pretty doing well as always. Um, you know, yeah, I still still working on getting him his first bird and you know getting him to sit still and getting him close enough to 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 yeah you know make an ethical kill and everything like that so yeah definitely definitely getting him out getting him after it
1: i think i mean i'm 30 i'll be 33 and that's still my sitting still is my biggest problem still
0: (laughs) (laughs) which i I think
1: is why i like hunting with my dog so much because they they constantly have me moving but um it is i don't even know what today is today's like the fourth i think it is. And then uh so U Season West Virginia opens April sixteenth and seventeenth, I believe. And then adult, if you want to call adults, uh <laughs> opens uh on the eighteenth. So you're you're really close. I mean we're we're at the last couple of minutes, we just gotta hang on a little longer. We'll start hunting. And then I'm sure yeah. you're gonna hunt PA as well, or correct?
0: Oh absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and uh chances are I'll probably come down come down to your way and you know you know uh, if you have the time and the energy we'll uh, we'll get after it like always oh
1: I, I'm always gonna have the time now the uh <laughs> and then the nice part is so West West Virginia does it's the 18th through 22nd through May 22nd and then so April 18th through May 22nd but then Pennsylvania is April 30th through may 31st so the weeks are offset a little bit so we'll have you'll have a little bit extra gap on one you can hunt uh west virginia a little earlier and then pa a little later
0: for sure and it's it's great you know it's uh you know, especially uh, especially the area that we live in, you know, we're not too far from PA, not too far from West Virginia, you know?
1: Yeah, unfortunately, since I moved, I got to drive a little bit farther to get to those PA game lands, but I'll still be there. And like you said, West Virginia, the, the population here for turkeys has been really good. Um, I would assume, I don't know the statistics, but I would assume we probably sell a lot of licenses to out-of-staters for, for turkey hunting because it is so good
0: for sure for
1: sure so so as far as let's go ahead and uh well you know what i'm gonna go ahead and get the embarrassing story for me out of the way before you hit me with it first <laughs> so what was it was about two years ago uh Grimbo. i think it was two years ago Oh, one 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 of my first actual times turkey hunting with a shotgun not a rifle <laughs> and uh <laughs> and uh so justin showed me the ropes and As soon as we get out of the truck, uh, we walk a little bit, and he starts making his calls, and I'm kind of seeing the process. And Right out out of the gate, he's got a gobbler gobbling back. So I think the goal was to get me my first turkey. So we kind of sneak up, find a good spot, and uh, he's like, all right, right here, just go ahead and we'll sit down. I'll call him in. Well, Justin calls him in. (laughs) And at this time I was using, I didn't have a camo gun. I didn't like, I didn't know what I was doing. So I have my basically silver stock upland gun (laughs) and this turkey comes up over the hill periscoping, looking at us. And, uh, I think it saw a flash probably either me moving. Like I said, I can't sit still or a flash from my, uh, silver stock. And at this point I, I, i swear he's probably 70 yards away i i don't know the exact distance but to me it was a far shot and uh justin's yelling at me shoot it shoot it And I was like, <laughs> it's running and i was like man there's no way like that turkey's gone i'm not even gonna try well justin stands up pop i was like there, there's no way he just hit that that turkey and uh he he runs to it and yeah he downed it and i was like wow just opened my eyes i was like wow i mean granted you're military i think i'm usually a pretty good shot but i was like wow that was uh that was something i mean i i to in in fairness i didn't have one of those uh tight chokes or any of that but uh i was still i still probably wouldn't have taken that shot and uh when you (laughs) nailed it i was like turkey hunting is awesome because at that point too i mean we we'd only been out of the truck like what 35 minutes or something
0: not even not even so then that and i had that assistance from that three and a half inch you know yeah
1: that's that's a good point that's uh so basically for for ammo you would recommend three and a half and then what, what size shot are you using for that
0: um i'm using six shot on those but you know um before before I even found out about three and a half inch, you know, three three inch, three and a half inch, it don't matter. Um you know, I was killing birds with three inch before I even stepped up to three and a half inch. And uh, you know, three and a half inch is the way uh the cost of everything is today. Uh you know, nothing wrong with three inch either. It gets the job done. People were killing even killing birds with two and three quarters before, you know, Three inch and three and a half inch were even around, so just whatever load works for you. Uh, that I highly recommend taking the time and and you know patterning your gun and figuring out which which load works best for you and and your gun.
1: Yeah, I was looking at um, shells this morning, and you're not lying; they had to have doubled in price since the, probably even last season when I was looking. I mean, I couldn't believe how much they were. But, um, so would you, so you said you use mostly six shot, um, do you ever switch that up based off where you're hunting? Like if you know you're hunting a field versus if you're out in the mountains with a bunch of brush, like do you ever switch that up or are you pretty much just like solely six shot? Uh,
0: depending on where I'm going, uh, you know, you can use the lowest I'll go is number four. Uh, I used four for years, uh, and then... You know, got to thinking about it. Hey, why not throw more lead downrange? Uh, <laughs> that always and, helps. And that's why I switched over to six. Um, you know, more of a chance. Uh, obviously, a uh, case in point, that bird that you killed uh, or that I killed uh, yeah. with you. <laughs> Rub it in. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, only found two pellets. Two, pe- two pellets took that bird down. The rest of the pattern. Who knows where it went? Um, and you know, if I would have been using number fours, used to say I would have missed that bird that day. Uh, right. It's uh, just stuff to think about, man. You know, if you're if you're reaching out a little ways, uh, I think I think that bird probably that you and I killed together uh, probably what fifty yards. Is oh what yeah, I shot him at. Yeah, you probably, know
1: that that'd probably be a fair
0: fair guess so but uh you know so yeah, it's just stuff to think about situation always dictates uh you know the hunting equipment uh type of load you know if uh even even like even look at deer hunting you know uh going in a brushy place 30 30 45 70 you know it same thing for turkey hunting
1: yep that makes sense that and as far as um like your chokes go would are you recommending like uh like an extra full or yeah. you think full works or do you ever switch that even to like a modified one on different parts depending where you're hunting, or you pretty much always stick to your uh extra full?
0: I'd, I'd stick to an extra full personally. Uh you know, turkeys are tough, man. Uh yeah, you it's a, it's all about shot placement, you know, getting it right there at the base of the neck. Uh but you know say you did make a bad bad shot you you want that extra extra knockdown per se so uh yeah i would definitely stick with the tighter choke uh it'll one it'll help you reach out and touch them if you need to and uh you know it just it just puts more lead in that specific area that you're trying to hit
1: yeah that makes sense as far as uh since we're talking about equipment as far as uh like is there anything else you would so say you have a brand new person first time out this year for turkeys what would be the top things you would recommend other than your like a 12 gauge and and the shells and the choke and all that like as far as are you recommending a a mouth call I know you're gonna tell me no because i'm terrible with mouth calls yeah, yeah. Are, are you I've thinking like uh <laughs> a scratch box a, a slate call a glass call like um a range finder um, a specific type of uh cover like wh- what would you be recommending to a new person
0: um really keep it simple man um you know uh 12 13 years old the first first bird i ever killed all i had was my 20 gauge and a box call. Um, you know, keep it simple. Uh, go with a box call, go with a pot call or slate call or, you know, or even the, even the little box call that, you know, you just push the little stick and it, it makes a turkey noise. Um, don't, you know, your first couple years, you're learning, um, you know, work on using a diaphragm eventually, uh, you know, work on, your your calling techniques, but at first you can go out there with some Walmart camo, a box call, your shotgun, you know, and make it happen. You don't, you don't. Yeah, the, I'm a, I'm a gearhead. I love the latest and greatest gear, but um, honestly, if you just keep it simple with those few things, you can go out and kill birds.
1: That's those are. I mean, that's great points. I mean, that's pretty much what I did last year. I mean, on my way to work, I stopped. Cause we, we had shift change, not till nine. So I would always stop on my way to work. And I got pretty close with just average gear on, on gobblers. Unfortunately, I, I had to leave every time they got close <laughs> because I couldn't be late for work and, and I was always calling Justin. I was like, Hey, Justin, they're doing this. What do you think I should do now? And like nine times out of 10, he was usually right. But, uh, <laughs> it's, it's definitely, it's fun being out there by yourself. But I feel like I have more fun, like, when I go with you because, one, you know what you're doing. I learn a lot more, too. I'm a big learn guy. Um, So some of the, like, some of the techniques and stuff that you use, like, I'm like, wow, I never even thought about that. And then sometimes, um, I think I did it with you, you can use tricks if you have two people as well. Like, uh, I think one of the things we did was we had a gobbler out near my house where I was telling you they were being tricky. And uh, called Justin for reinforcements, and uh, one of the things we did was it wouldn't come to us, but it kept gobbling. So he said, "Hey, you sit here, and I'm gonna walk backwards away from the turkey, and hopefully it'll it'll follow me a little bit. And when it follows me, thinking I'm you know 200 yards farther than where it originally heard us, you'll be right there, ready for it. And just just little tricks that you that you've taught me like that." Um, I mean that to me, that's it's worth. It's weight in gold.
0: Yeah. Um, no, there's uh and this is, this is all secondhand knowledge. Uh, you know, I've learned from my dad and just getting out there and getting after it. I can't my, you know, I've, I've killed a lot of birds, but I probably would have killed, uh, a lot more birds if I would have known half the stuff that, uh, that I know today, uh, You know, it's all trial trial and error, you know, really. Uh, It's just getting out there and doing it, really. Um, You know, the more you do it, the more you learn. Uh, You know, read up on it, watch videos. YouTube is a great resource that we have today that you can sit there and kind of watch people that have killed way more birds than you. Uh, uh, You know, just learn, so make it a passion you know it's another reason to go out in the woods and uh enjoy creation and you know see new things that you don't normally see in the fall and the winter
1: definitely and and speaking of your dad i know he's he's pretty big turkey guys he's killed a lot of turkeys Um uh, one thing i noticed just from the one or two times i've i've hunted with him and you it seems like there's a big difference whereas like i feel like he's the more conservative type he kind of likes to, and I could be totally wrong, because like I said, I've only went one or two times with him. He kind of likes to sit down, um, hide himself, conceal himself, call the turkeys to him, whereas I feel like, and I was surprised by the way you hunt. I feel like you're very aggressive as far as you like to get up on top of the ridge, give a call, find where they're at, locate them, and then almost go at them until you, and close the gap until you get within what, like a... 100 yards 200 yards something like that and then you sit down is it would i be correct in saying that
0: Oh, absolutely i love i love running and gunning um you know i like to one i kind of have that same problem that you have i don't <laughs> like to sit still, still. Yep. i don't i do not um you know uh deer hunting you know obviously you sit still and you know pedal on your phone and sit there for hours upon hours you don't have to do that turkey hunting you know you can get up walk and to be honest with you you know i've located more birds walking around you know just throwing out calls here you know walk a couple hundred yards throw a call see what happens uh i've gotten into a lot of birds that way uh you know dad's getting a little bit older uh he didn't always used to be that way he used to uh walk me until i didn't want to walk anymore so uh but kind of like when yeah. we
1: took christian uh your son bird hunting
0: <laughs> yeah 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 so but uh you know he didn't always used to be that way obviously with age you slow down a little bit but uh you know he uh he used to get after him pretty well too but yeah these days he's more conservative he'll uh he'll uh he'll sit and wait and you know Chances are 90% of the time he's probably taking a nap, but, you know. <laughs> so.
1: it, it's kind of cool, though, to see that, I mean, really, you can use all different types of gear. You can use all different types of, of methods as far as conservative, aggressive, um, however you want to do it. And people are finding success on these, on these spring gobblers every which way. So, I mean, that's definitely encouraging to see.
0: Definitely definitely so you know it just uh, the biggest thing is being patient uh you know bird shuts up you don't think it's coming you don't think it's coming and then boom all of a sudden there it is you know if if anybody takes anything from this show today it's patience <laughs> yeah, so
1: that was one thing I, I have i did learn last year was just because they're not gobbling doesn't mean they aren't coming and and kind of from my little bit of experience it almost seems like they shut up the closer that they get. um because I mean, I was caught. I was working that gobbler out when before a couple of days before you came out, and you know, gobbling, gobbling hard. And then I was like, "Well, I guess he left." I mean, it's been twenty minutes. I I don't see him. And then I, I mean, a massive gobble couldn't have been more than twenty five yards from me in the in the <laughs> brush. So yeah. Is there a, yeah. a specific cadence that you would recommend, as far as, um, like you go by any any set of rules, as far as like every ten minutes I'm going to make a call, every fifteen minutes I'm going to make a call.
0: Um, no, not really. It's uh, again, it's all situation dictates. But when you know for sure that that gobbler is on a string, coming, you know, hammering, or you know or even just, you know, the last gobble is really close. The biggest thing is to shut up. Let that bird come find you. Um, You know, just uh, make him look for you, Uh, and they will. And it's it's absolutely amazing that the bird on the next ridge had no clue where you are, but yet here he is standing right in front of you, you know. How how uh, does
1: a new person... Learn, because i do feel like that was something i struggled with as far as i don't know if it's just me me and my depth perception or i mean are you trying to listen to i i don't know if it would be best to listen to the volume of the gobble because they would they could be turned around are you listening to like how clear the gobble is before you shut up and and kind of conceal yourself like at what point do you realize dirt do you say to yourself, "Okay, now I need to stop being aggressive, and I and I need to find cover. I need to conceal myself because this guy's getting close."
0: Well, one, it will come in time. Uh, you know, the more you get out there, the more you mess around with these birds, the more you learn. Obviously, uh, you know, case in point that that uh, that bird that I killed with you. You know, I heard him gobble behind us. Uh, just the volume of the gobble that you could almost hear, hear it in their chest when they gobble, you know, it's like a thumping. Uh, he sounded so close. I'm pretty sure that bird was almost roosted directly behind us, but the way the brush and everything was, you know, he had to come out and around uh, just, just listening. Uh, you know, the next time we heard him gobble, he was way out in front of us and to the left. That's why we kind of walked around and, you know, sat where we did uh, it just getting out there and getting experience is the best thing, Uh, you know, and like you said, sometimes they'll play tricks on you. Sometimes they're not, they're not facing you when they gobble. And then the next time they turn around and gobble, they're, they're facing you. So it, 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 can be tricky and it, and it comes with time really, Uh you know, just, just get out there, listen to birds, you know, even drive down some back road, you know, find you a field with birds in it and, and call to them and listen, you know,
1: yeah that makes sense the uh that's i mean and they're unpredictable too it's just like when i I told you those turkeys out at that west virginia wma i was like man i'm telling you these these turkeys i've never seen anything like it i know i'm new i'm newer to turkey hunting and we're walking around and we we flush one out of the roost at what like 11 o'clock
0: yeah yeah (laughs) for sure which which kind of blew my mind but then again, it goes back to what I said before, you gotta be patient. You know, mm-hmm. if we probably would have said another, you know, thirty to forty five minutes, who knows? That bird might have might have came down out of the roof and came walking up to us.
1: Yep, for sure. Uh another um as far as going back to calling too, uh I feel like one thing that my goal for this year to work on is accessory noise. Um one one trick that you taught me as far as like um, you would call and then you'd have me take off my ball cap and shake it around almost like uh i guess uh they're moving their wings back and forth uh i mean it sounds realistic moving i guess moving sticks around when you call um putting your foot in the uh in the leaves a little bit and then uh maybe even doing some double calling so like maybe if I do somehow get a little better with my mouth calls, do a mouth call while I'm doing a box call. Just sounds like multiple turkeys, uh, things like that is, is my goal for this year to get better
0: at. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, you know, when I had you take your hat off and shake it and everything, that was, that was more to, you know, think about it. Turkeys fly down first thing in the morning. So, Coming you know, out of the roost. Yep. You, you, uh, you shaking your hat it kind of sounds like wings flapping, right? And then you kind of kick the ground when, you know, to simulate landing Uh turkey scratch to, uh, to find food. So, you know, if you're sitting there calling, you can, you can use your hand a little bit, you know, to help simulate a little bit of noise, you know, make it more natural. Just stop and think, stop and think about what turkeys do on a, on a daily basis. And you can kind of throw that into your calling sequence and everything to to give it a, little more real feel not just hey here's a hen you know standing there yacking her head off at me right so you know just just stop and think about what a turkey does on a daily basis and uh you know you can uh you can throw that into your sequence and uh make put a little r- realistic spin on it
1: that makes sense and then you also carry with you uh, i've noticed i don't know if you've noticed this but and I don't know if if maybe you recommend only doing it when you get desperate or, or whatnot, but I feel like you have a you have a gobble call. Um, so I feel, but I feel like every time you do the gobble call is when if we're not having any luck, because every mm-hmm. time after you do it, you say I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, um, obviously, uh, you know, use that with caution. Okay, uh, you know public land even even on private land you know uh i i will will say those do come with a with a tail of caution uh there's other hunters out there we're all gunning for the same thing uh so you know
1: so you're more you're more thinking um just uh more like another hunter might think you're a gobbler not necessarily that it, it might scare off other gobblers is that right
0: yeah i i use that call more uh more to get a, a shock gobble or right. you know, even even just to get a gobble so we can so we can uh you know try to try to get on a bird. But uh yeah, definitely definitely use those uh sparingly unless you absolutely know you're the only one. But uh you know, that's that's just more hey, it's dead. Um <laughs> you know.
1: As far as uh yeah. shock gobbles go, um i i mean i I know some people will drive down wmas at at night before um to kind of see where they're at and they'll they'll beep their horn or they'll take an air horn and just kind of locate trying to get a shot gobble to get to get an idea of where the uh where they are is that something that you do or not really trying to like put it to bed
0: no definitely definitely uh that is a uh that is a great tip and tactic uh you know especially uh You know we've hunted up behind moms there's two hillsides that we can hunt uh you know go out later in the evening you know and uh give out a couple calls or honk your horn or like you said uh you know even an air horn i've never used an air horn personally but uh you know anything an alcohol even or a crow you know use those things go out find your bird the night before uh, that way you at least have a heading or you know an idea of where you need to be in the morning that is a, that is a great tip and tactic that you can use uh you know when I was younger and we would camp out on the property that we hunted we would always go up in the evening up on the hill and uh throw out a couple calls and see what we can find for the next day
1: right that makes sense and the the fact it would it really probably would help because as far as having an idea of where they are you really don't have that much time in the morning because I I know in West Virginia you can't have an uncased um, gun in the woods after I believe 1 pm so yep. and I I for some reason I think Pennsylvania is noon so I mean if you don't if you get out there at say like six o'clock or or, or whenever seven o'clock even or if you go right after work eight o'clock, I mean, you're already down, if you're hunting PA, you're already down to four hours. And yep. I mean, anyone that spent, that sounds like a lot of time, but anyone that spent time in the woods, just by the time you locate a turkey and get it to come to you, I mean, that time adds up quick, especially when you got to walk into these big WMAs or, or wherever you're going.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, yeah. It, and you know, guys like us, uh, you know, our time and, and everything like that, uh, You know, you only have so many hours in a day that that you need to sleep and that you need to get ready for work and everything like that. So, yeah, if you have time the night before, I highly recommend uh, going out and finding your bird and having an idea of where you need to be and how much time it's going to take you to get there. Right.
1: So, as far as, as, like, weather goes, have you noticed uh, (laughs) specifically, like, are you trying to go out there on, on the rainy mornings, the cold mornings, or or do you feel like that doesn't really make a difference? Like if it's going to be 80 degrees, do you feel like they're going to be, um, not moving around as much later in the day? Like how do you look at the weather and then kind of make your decision? Like if you're going, not going, what maybe sleeping in, like do you do anything like that based off of weather or you don't pay much attention to the weather?
0: I mean, you can kill, you can kill birds in any type of weather, uh, me personally i hate hunting in the rain but that's just me i'm sure some other guys out there feel the same way about it but uh you can kill birds and you know you can kill birds in the snow in early april when it's still snowing out unfortunately uh you know and you can kill birds in the rain you can kill birds on sunny days it's just all about going out there and getting it but the tactics do change uh you know especially in rainy rainy weather uh turkeys turkeys rely heavily on sight and hearing um you know when it's rainy and uh and nasty and windy and everything like that uh obviously they can't they can't hear as well so uh you know switch your tactics up uh get on the edge of that field uh find a small meadow or something like that that's 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 most of the time where you're gonna find the birds uh and that's simply because they want to be able to do see uh you know their greatest asset is uh is that eyesight um next to their hearing uh so definitely you know tactics change on weather those sunny days you can you can chase them all over the hills and you know as it as it warms up you'll find them you'll find that it slows down a little bit but you know it just weather dictates uh weather definitely dictates your uh your game plan for the day.
1: That makes sense. I'll I'll tell you why I'm not a uh, a rain guy. And it's not because I, I mind getting wet. It's not because I, I don't I you know any of that. It's I'm not a good mouth caller yet. I'm working on it. But I have one of the slate calls. So when my slate call gets water on it, <laughs> it it gets kind of hard to call the turkeys in.
0: Which is why
1: yeah. I don't know if that's the same with glass calls. I think you have a glass call, right?
0: I do, and and you'll you'll find it more difficult. Your striker gets wet. You know, uh, I like using wooden wooden strikers and everything like that. Your striker gets wet; it doesn't call as well. Uh, you know, even even your box call, uh, it'll get wet. It doesn't call as well. You know, uh, can you do it? Yeah. Is it painful? Absolutely, but. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It, it's still possible um and and to be honest with you I haven't really put a whole lot of thought you know into how to make that work when it rains uh you know I, I caught on to diaphragms and everything like that and I'll be honest probably solid 90 percent of the time that's a diaphragm is my go-to
1: that makes sense the uh I, I have seen some turkey vests and uh, packs and stuff that have came out. I don't, I don't know if yours is. I'm still just using an old Walmart backpack, but um, they'll have, like, waterproof compartments in them so people will take out their, their slates or glass calls, do a call or two, dry it off, put it back in their uh, in their waterproof sack. Um, I was using a, uh, a little Ziploc bag, which it didn't work out real great. I felt like it was <laughs> still getting a lot of condensation and stuff, but... Yeah, uh, that'll be something I'll I'll have to figure out this uh this spring. But you you like that glass call, yeah? Oh
0: yeah, yeah. Um, Dad bought me that. It's it's a Cody. Um, they're absolutely great calls. Uh, actually, uh, need to get my dad a new one. He uh, he's used his so much that uh that he actually wore through it. So wow. if if and I think he got that call probably late 90s so that that attests to that attest to the product there um you know it just uh yeah slate glass uh you know i think i have an entire old tackle box full of turkey calls box calls (laughs) slate calls you know old diaphragms uh you know it just you know fuck Find find something you like. Stick with it. uh, Make it work for you. Uh, You know, there's tons and tons of options out there these days. Uh, Highly invest or highly suggest that you invest in you know a good call. It doesn't doesn't have to be outrageous. You know, we're not talking two three hundred bucks. But you know, uh, another another uh, another product that I'm catching on to is Woodhaven absolutely great diaphragms their slates are amazing and you know i think for like 120 bucks you have a great call
1: i was looking at those last night those wood havens but i couldn't remember the name of of yours but you said cody is that with a, a k or a c
0: let's see
1: let's i'll look up those as well um is I know that on the slate ones, I, I'd take some uh, like some sandpaper and, and rub them down, and, and I could get a much better sound. You, do you use sandpaper and stuff on like the glass ones as well, or you just dry them off best you can?
0: Uh, no, you can use sandpaper on them. And you know, another thing is if you have a wooden striker, take some take some sandpaper to that wooden striker, and it'll it'll you know round off those edges and and help you get a good sound, and you know get you get you what you're what you're looking for out of it. Good so, yep, you know, sandpaper, uh, make sure, you know, you throw a little chalk on, uh, on your, uh, on your mm-hmm. box call that, that way it's good to go. Uh, you know, make sure your diaphragms are nice and wet when, before you start calling. If not, you get, uh, you sound like Matt when you're, when you're <laughs> trying to call a, a dying chicken exactly. uh, per se. Hey,
1: you never so, know, that might bring them into, uh, yeah, <laughs> or tur- yeah. t- wait, that's the Turkey vulture.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, it sounds like something's dying over there, but you know, I,
1: uh, I mean, I'm 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 half turkey hunting, half coyote hunting.
0: <laughs> you, you're something. We'll, we'll put it that way, we'll be nice about it. So <laughs> Pre- uh, appreciate appreciate
1: uh, you uh, not frying uh, me on the pod.
0: So yeah, we'll uh, I'll get you when I see you. So uh, you know. But uh, no, just uh, yeah. There's there's tons, and and I'll be honest with you. I still learn every year on uh, on the gear aspect. On uh, you know what works and what doesn't work. Uh, I've still never called one into a decoy, so that is a goal of mine this year. Is to to get one to puff up in front of a decoy before smacking in the mouth. But uh, you know, it just just things. Even you know. Even down to decoys, there's so many options out there. And again, you do, do not have to absolutely go top shelf, but uh you know, just just weigh your options, weigh your budget and you know, get out there and find out what works and what doesn't work. That's that's all part of the game, you know. It's uh and it, it is the ultimate chess match. That
1: makes so. sense. Well, I only had two questions left because I, I know that you uh got a Get ready and get to work and everything, but you you answered one of them just now. I was going to ask you what your goal was for the year, but uh, <laughs> I guess I guess that'll be your goal for the year.
0: It is. It and is. And
1: uh, if you can give me your best tip for a newbie heading out this spring, first time ever spring gobbler hunting, what would your best tip be for Um,
0: again, be patient. Patient is the name of the game. Um, you know, I can't. I can't count how many times, uh, you know, I've left a spot or, or looked behind me right after I've gotten up and walked a couple hundred yards, and there he is. You know, hanging, right. <laughs> sitting. You know, not even not even fifty yards from me. And you know, uh, if if I just would have sat still and paid attention to uh, the situation you know, I, I would have been way more successful in, uh, killing birds. It's, uh, you gotta wait, you gotta listen, you gotta, you gotta have your head on a swivel. Uh, you can attest to how, how fast that bird, uh, was on us. Oh yeah. You know, that, that day that, uh, that I was able to harvest that one, you know, you gotta have your gun up, be ready, uh, you know, and, uh, you know watch how much you call like i said when you know that for sure that bird is on a string and and headed towards you shut up and let them come find you
1: that's a good tip that was probably the best tip that you had given me because that uh, i'm on i was on, i was on that call constantly and you're just like stop stop calling they'll like they'll find you and, uh, <laughs> that's that's a good tip but uh i appreciate you coming on um if you want to throw out any instagram handles or anything like that feel free to um, I'll definitely link your uh, Instagram down on the uh, on the show page comments and uh, appreciate you coming on and taking some time out of your day between your night shifts. And we'll try to, if we can, maybe videotape a couple uh, hunts this year in West Virginia and PA and get those up on YouTube.
0: Definitely, definitely man. I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to seeing you again. And, uh, you know, we'll get after it. And good luck to everybody, all the youth hunters and everything coming up. Good luck on the uh, upcoming season.
1: Yep. All right. Thanks, Justin. Appreciate it, buddy.
0: Not a problem, bud. See (laughs) you.